You're now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Program. Maybe I should have said Pogam, because we're going to talk about communism again. Sound of sanity. Maybe I should have said sound of socialism, just like I did in that Understanding Marxism Part 2, I think it was. Pogram? Pogram? Isn't that a thing? Like a. Oh, uh, like a pogrom. Pogrom? Pogrom? It has pogrom? a weird pronunciation. Does it have a weird. I've never, I thought pogrom? it did. I've only ever read it. I've, I've never heard it pronounced in my life. Yeah. But I, th- I, th- I thought I heard. Pogrom. Pogrom. I heard it wrong. Program. Maybe I should have said. Pogrom. 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 Program. Maybe I should have said. Pogrom. Anyway, folks, we're talking about Marxism again. Our new favorite subject. Budding Marxists. All of us. All of us. Anyway, my name is Nathan. Your humble and immediate host. That's Ben. I'm Ben. Hi, Ben. Hi, Nathan. How are you? All right. How are you? I'm good. Why don't good. you introduce the other guy? Says Jake. Jake Mentzel, pastor who's a master of sanity. Hey guys, we're talking about an article from vice.com. Yeah, so I ran across this article the other day, and here's the title of the article. Anti-capitalist teens are sharing shoplifting tips on TikTok. The line underneath that, Gen Z are sharing their stealing tips to punish chain stores and problematic businesses. So this article basically details how there are tens and hundreds of thousands of kids on TikTok that are just sharing shoplifting tips. But it's all part of their anti-capitalist narrative. So here's a quote from the article. 16-year-old Destiny, who's behind the 25,000 followers strong, and then gives her a handle, first heard of capitalism around the age of 13, and remembers thinking about how unfair it is that big corporations control trade instead of local businesses. Back then, the teenager didn't recognize this as Socialism 101, but now knows that she dislikes capitalism and believes she can do something about it even if shoplifting is illegal. The borrowing community is mainly US-based. Lucy and Destiny are both Americans with teens from wealthier countries like the UK and Australia. They exclusively steal from large chain stores, an act they encourage with the community catchphrase, if it's a chain, it's free reign. Quote, We have so many companies that don't care about their customers only making money, says Destiny. If we can punish the corporation, we feel we have done our best. Oh man, Walmart's probably trembling in there shoes so, right now probably so okay i'll just say this i i did my share of shoplifting as a kid but i never had a moral justification for it hey jake you just wanted to like steal stuff we thought it was cool to be bad and so we stole stuff but you could have been sticking it to big corporations no no we just did it because it was bad and being bad gave us a buzz well that sounds like a sin yeah well, I mean, that's the, th- I guess that's part of the thing of it. Like what struck me about this whole article is, okay, this is just the kind of thing that kids do. Mm-hmm. Kids like to steal. Kids like to be bad. Kids like to goad each other into doing bad things. Augustine talks about this thing in his confessions. You know, he and his buddies, they goaded each other into stealing a whole bunch of pears. There's nothing good or especially great about the pears. In fact, he had better pears growing in his own yard. They stole more than they could possibly eat. And he gets down to the psyche of it. Why? For the pure joy of doing something bad. It doesn't he say something like the pear actually tasted sweet with the sweetness of the stealing? Yeah, something like that. That's what gave it its flavor? Yeah. So we did things like that as kids. 
But here, here you have this generation of kids or this group of kids that this article is about who are doing the same thing and they think they have some kind of illogical basis for it. They're, yeah, they're, so they're expressing... Moral outrage. Their moral outrage. Yeah, they're working to undermine the man. So we we never thought that was a good thing. We never thought it was a, a righteous thing. Mm-hmm. Insofar as we were actively working to harden our consciences, to steal ourselves, steal our minds and our hearts so mm-hmm. that we could do stuff like that, we knew that we were hardening our consciences. Mm-hmm. We weren't trying to synthesize our sinful, selfish desires with some kind of higher morality that justified them. Right. And so you take that little reality and you put it together with the fact that it's all a part of understanding this is about socialism versus capitalism. And we start, you know, in in the case of the quote I read, she first heard the term capitalism at age 13, Mm -hmm. thought it was bad, you know, the budding young, you know, woke warrior here Mm -hmm. taking up arms. But here's the thing that's really going on. So Vice is running this article. And Vice, of course, is like, well, it's problematic that it's illegal and, you know, nuances things, but also is basically just sort of more or less celebrating the idea that... Let's just talk about Vice for two seconds. Their name is Vice. Right. I mean, they (laughs) they exist to do a little tap dance in that gray area and celebrate those things. I mean, they actually do celebrate those things. Yeah, so I just thought it was worth noting and knowing and being aware of all the ways we talk about and, you know, Christians now have caught on to the idea, hey, the public school system is catechizing your children mm-hmm. in social Marxism. Right. It's kind of a socially Marxist system in and of itself. Okay, there's that. We know that our media has been catechizing our children in um, American social Marxist groupthink. You know, whether it's the Disney stuff or the Star Wars stuff or whatever the stuff. It's catechizing and training their minds. We know that things like pornography and all the sexual debauchery that children are taught in the, in the school system, in the shows, and through porn it is meant to corrupt and degrade them morally and weaken their wills. They, they become complicit in the whole machine. And it keeps us weak and it keeps us under the thumb. This is just a different level of sophistication. We're going to take these kids and play to all of their most selfish and nasty, greedy impulses. We're going to give them a moral justification for doing it. And we're going to laud them as Robin Hood heroes Mm -hmm. in the process and puff them up and make them feel good about it. We're going to sear their consciences and we're going to take further... Because now we're pushing them to the point of literal action. It's an act of violence against a company to be aggressively stealing from them because it's something that you want. Mm -hmm. But also, it's going to hurt them. It's going to hurt them where it counts. And that just pushes these kids down the line. The more that you corrupt them morally, the more that you've got them. Well, there's something Mm. that I find particularly nasty. Let me see if I can put this into words. I have a certain respect for... Let me put it this way. It is a wicked thing when a man talks a woman, when a boy talks a girl, into going to bed with him outside of marriage. But I still have more respect for that, for the guy who's just like, hey, baby, wouldn't it feel good to do something wrong? I still have more respect for that than for the free love hippie who's like, hey, baby, we can stick it to the man by having sex with me. Mm -hmm. You know, join the revolution. By having sex with me. Yep. Join the revolution by stealing stuff. 
It's, okay. a, it's a particularly decadent society that doesn't allow vice to at least be vice. Right. No pun intended. Vice has to be a virtue. You know, you go, you, you. It's virtuous to be. We, we see the exposés of the mm-hmm. 1950s and it's like those guys were all, you know, those young high school boys were all sleeping around. You know, it's, it's the it's the theme of Back to the Future. Our parents were just peeping toms just like we are. They, they were all the same. They they were just hypocritical about it. Well, yeah, they, they were hypocritical about it as we've often said on this podcast. Hypocrisy uh, is the tribute that vice pays to, to virtue. You have hypocrisy only where you have, only where virtue is established. Mm-hmm. Can you have hypocrisy right and if you remove virtue sure you can remove hypocrisy but you remove virtue right and vice is the only virtue that's left and and this is what we have here this girl in the article is not given the dignity of being allowed to make the choice to defy god and steal which is a choice that she should have it's something that should be in her framework she should understand "Eh, i'd rather be bad i'd rather burn in hell and i'd rather steal she should, she should have that choice. There's a certain dignity to that. It's not good. It's wicked. It's perverse. It's a symptom of a fallen world. Blah, At least blah, blah. she understands her actions in context of a moral universe created by a holy God. Mm-hmm. As opposed to understanding her actions in a perverse uh, misrepresentation of the universe shaped by social engineers that are trying to organize their utopian society. Mm-hmm. What a gross, horrible thing. We're only going to see more of that. People are not going to be given the dignity of being... It's already true that people aren't given the dignity of being allowed to make bad choices. Or to, or to just be sinners. Or right? to just be sinners. Everything has to be a virtue. Are you sexually debauched? Are you homosexual? Are you... We just have to celebrate it. We have to turn it into a virtue. Do you want to pretend to be a little girl? Okay, well, we better give you hormones and... Do you have an inclination to steal? Here's how to do it in a way that is pleasing to the gods of our society. Stick it to Mm -hmm. the man. Stick it to the corporations. And you have our approval. Go for it. Yeah, you may get slapped on the wrist. There's still some consequences and stuff like that if you get caught. But, you know, be smart about it. Right. Watch our 10-step videos for hot tips on how to get away with it. Then you get the rush of feeling like you're doing something bad while also feeling like you're doing something good. What, what you'll see, what, you, what we already see, and what we're going to continue to see is continued explosions of what will be called the mental health crisis and suicides among these children and young adults. Because at the end of the day, they still have some form of conscience in them, mm-hmm. no matter how hard we try to program it out of them. They just won't know, have language to understand it or a clue of what to do about it. And so they'll just despair. Because there won't be that, oh, this has to do with right and wrong and God. It's, well, it's supposed to feel good, but it feels bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the more I'm, I do this thing that's supposed to feel good, the worse I feel about it. And that feels wrong, so maybe I'm wrong. And who do I blame for that? Well, I could blame my parents, or I could blame the system, or I could sc- screw it all. Let's be done. Yeah. But it's why I always get so sad when I watch really old James Bond movies like Sean Connery just died, like the original Sean Connick, Sean, Sean Connick, the iconic, the Sean Connick, Sean Connery movies or, or, or other kind of swinging 60s movies. That whole free love thing 
where they're presenting a society where women are just supposed to be docile playthings and feel good about it. I just, I can never get it out of my head how bad that really must have felt for the women. And it gives me a lot of sympathy for modern fourth, fifth, whatever wave we're on of feminism, because how do you not become a hard-nosed jerk when that's what you're being asked to swallow? Mm-hmm. Is not, hey, baby, I understand that you're a moral agent, and I would like you to violate that morality now, because it would feel good, and it's what I really want. But even, even in the way that I'm framing the question, we both know that I'm asking you to do that. That's one thing. But when we get into the situation like Jake was just describing, we're all doing something terribly wrong, but we all have to pretend like it's part of something that's liberating and something that's right and something that's part of a greater movement towards freedom and happiness. That's depressing and horrible, and it makes people psychologically break. Yep. Like, how do you put those things together in your head? It's a disgusting place to be, and it will have devastating consequences for destiny. That's the girl girl's mm-hmm. name in the article. It makes me think about what is our responsibility to the destinies of the world? You know, these these girls and boys leading secret lives, shoplifting or making porn videos of themselves or whatever they're doing, whatever evil things right. they're doing, particularly enabled by social media technology that's impossible to stamp out from the top down. And by their catechization into a system that rewards them right, and that, affirms them for this behavior. That's right, That teaches them to call good evil and evil good you know, breaks their conscience and their soul in the process. What is our responsibility to them? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I'm just being hyperbolic. <laughs> I don't know that it's hyperbolic, but it's a devastating picture you paint. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I'm fine with that. What is our responsibility well, to these bedraggled dogs that are still plugged into the Matrix? Because that's how I feel when I hear about Destiny. It's like, yeah, she's toast. Destiny might be toast, but... <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just an awesome sentence taken out of context. <laughs> Destiny might be done. It's like, the, it's like the 12 monkeys tagline, the future is history. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. I was talking to an elder of our church in Bloomington not too long ago, and he introduced me to this guy named Bart. And Bart was into drugs from the time that he was like 10 or 12. Got arrested for the first time when he was 14. Big time football player. He's like 6'5". He's broad. He's big. He's strong. He served two years of his 10-year prison sentence for dealing drugs. And in that two-year prison sentence, he came to faith. He came to know the Lord. He's been clean for about eight or 10 years, I think, now. So I got together with this guy. And for the past like five or six months, he's been on staff with Fellowship of, of Christian Athletes. Now, we all know and are committed to the work of the local church as opposed to parish church organizations. But here's a guy, pretty young believer, just has a heart for kids from tough environments and tough situations. And he's this big bear of a man. He's because, I don't know what he was like 10 years ago or 15 years ago, but he's like gentle giant now. And so he invites me to come to his very first FCA meeting that he's holding for students at Wrights High School down in Evansville and they're not allowed to meet even on the campus of the school because of COVID restrictions or something like that. So they're meeting in a church not far from campus and it's a pretty rundown area. About 15 kids show up from all across the board and from pretty t- tough backgrounds and for an hour and a half, two hours, 
he loves them and talks to them and one kid just got expelled and he's talking to him about not being a knucklehead and that's you know his word of choice and then he sits down and they sing some songs and he opens up Matthew 7 and talks about the scariest words that he's ever read in the Bible which is people try to do all kinds of good things in the name of God even perform miracles and they still go to hell if they don't know Jesus talks about what Jesus has done in his life and it's sweet he's just a father to them in his own wonderful sweet broken sort of way and I think at the end of the day the answer for all of this counterfeit morality counterfeit virtue counterfeit gospel is just living and being the real thing for people I hate hate the idiot Christians that celebrate the descent into decadence because then the lines become clear and then you know we get to stand out Mm -hmm. more against the darkness as if that's going to somehow make all of our work easier and everything better this is the wicked way of thinking it's not good for anybody but it is true the more immersed you are in the stench of death the sweeter the sense of life can smell especially to kids who are just floundering around and trying to find their way forward so I think, I really think that that's the answer. I think it's just going and finding and loving the kids and just being fathers and mothers to them, being strong for them, being willing to tell them, no, that's not good. I really think, you know, we can sit and talk on Mike about how bad things are and all the things that they're doing. And we can talk about protecting our kids and feel really good about ourselves because we started classical Christian schools and we don't let our kids have cell phones and be on social media and... We have really good routers and DNS and protections for our kids at home. And we talk to them about the movies they watch. We've catechized them with catechisms. But at the end of the day, we also, for the destinies of this world, what we do is we we go find them and love them and find ways to find them. I loved being at the FCA meeting. And he's just figuring out how to teach the Bible and or seem to be, or maybe he's just super humble, but he did a great job. But he's like, man, I'd like you to come back and talk to me. And I want to be back. I want to meet these kids and love them with you. I want to be able to be at other things like this at different schools. And not look down on it because it's a parachurch thing. But look at a man who's been changed by God. Just trying to find kids and love them. And talk to them about Jesus. And we can build with that. We can work with that. Maybe there's some of our listeners out there that are thinking, okay, Jake, that sounds kind of trite. Whatever. We're just going to, I mean, come on. And what I would say to them is, It's always about love. And Destiny is in love with death. And one of the reasons she might be in love with death is because she hasn't met life. And so Jake's saying, like, let's be the aroma of life. Let's just do our Christian thing. Let's just love people. Let's just call them to repentance. Let's just, like, let's just do the thing. Let's just, like, do the basic boring thing. At the end of the day, you counter a love with a love. You show people this is what actual love feels like. This is actually what you should be in love with, who you should be in love with so now the death that you are in love with can diminish and can die that's right thanks for listening everybody go to patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity to support this show until next time stay sane